You'll hear from women, leaders, and mothers who are holding hands as we move through life's greatest transitions. Join us for The Rising. We're talking today about the simple things that you can do to strengthen your partnership after a baby is born. I like to call this baby-proofing your marriage or your partnership. I'm going to take some advice from a book that I love called Brain Rules, and I'll link that in the notes for you guys. In this book, they mention four reasons why new parents will fight and how you're going to overcome these things. So we'll get into those, but to start us off, those four things are sleep loss, social isolation, unequal workload, and depression. And sociologists actually see that 80% of married people see more turbulence in their marriage after the birth of a baby. So when we look to movies a lot, or social media at this point, everything that's depicted of having a new baby come into the home is joyful. And that is absolutely present for most people, is that joy and the coming together. But there are a lot of moments that can be more difficult. And so those four things are gonna be what cause more difficulty. So the most important part is looking out for these things. So we're going to start before a baby is even born when you're talking about conceiving, bringing a baby into the family, and the conversations that you want to be having. So when you're having these conversations, important that you're making them full, actual conversations rather than hypotheticals. An example is who will stay home with the baby. So for my husband and I, we never had this full conversation. It was assumed that I would because I was bringing in less money. And that made sense for us, but we really never had the discussion and made the decision based on this, right? So then what that can cause is a lot of resentment. And it did for me because I felt that we never really got into it. And then looking even further Who will stay home if you're both working parents if the baby gets sick? So rather than assuming that it will be your partner or it will be you, just working through these things before you're bringing a baby into the world. Now, I made something for you for this episode, and it's going to be discussions and conversations to have pre and post baby that are going to help to strengthen this partnership. So you can look out for that at therising.net forward slash 003. Therising.net forward slash 003. Now when you're thinking about a partnership with a new baby, it helps to think of the next four things that we're going to talk about, that sleep loss, social isolation, unequal workload, and depression as kind of rules of the game. Okay, so you guys are teammates. And when you notice that your teammate is struggling with something, you step in for the assist, right? You're not always waiting to be properly asked. You're just being aware of the situation. This comes into play a lot with new parents because there's a lot of emphasis toward mothers where we're saying, you know, it's brave and it's strong to ask for help. And while that is absolutely true, and a lot of women do struggle with asking for help, another important thing to know is to offer your partner that help when you see that they're struggling, right? We don't have to wait until they're begging for the help because often when it gets to the point of asking for help, we're a little far gone. So we're going to go through these four. Start with sleep loss. 
Okay, sleep debt. So a loss of sleep contributes to 90% loss in regulating your strong emotions. So if you are a new mom or no one who has ever said, I don't know why I'm crying, I am just so tired, this is absolutely normal. Because when you are this exhausted, you do have trouble controlling all of the big emotions. And this can come into depression, as we'll talk about in a little bit. It can also result in a rage or what comes across as irrational um, and just chaotic behaviors and emotions is usually stemming from that sleep loss. So then social isolation. Outside of their spouses, new mothers have on average, less than 90 minutes a day in contact with other adults. And 30% of new mothers are in complete isolation, meaning that they are only seeing their baby or their children for the entire day, sometimes days, weeks at a time. Now, postpartum screening, when you go in for your six-week appointment in the U.S., is absolutely not thorough enough. And there'll be much more on that coming at a later episode. But we should be asking new mothers more intrusive questions about their social life. Questions like, are you making any phone calls during the day to connect with other adults? Are you speaking with people at the grocery store? Or do you feel overwhelmed with the situation with your baby? And you're just trying to get the errand done and get out of there. Have you spent any time with friends? Strictly social time. Have you met any other mothers and their children for playgroups? Have you talked to your mother, to your sisters, to the people that you usually enjoy catching up with? So these are important questions. And again, if you are the partner of a new mother, we will take some responsibility here as that partner to be paying attention that if you are going to work all day, you are most likely around or speaking to other adults. And you may not even realize that that's going on with your partner. So initiating the, let's spend some time on our calendar, marking out when you can go be social. Because right, we know that mother's mental health is the absolute foundation of a healthy family, I completely believe. So then moving on to unequal workload, okay. Big idea here is that motherhood does not equal house care. If you are a stay-at-home parent and you have a working parent, and I say motherhood, but it could be interchanged for fatherhood, the partner that is at home, or the parent at home caring for the baby, this should not automatically put them in charge of all household chores, okay? A lot of times it does. But again, is this something that has just been assumed and it's rolled over onto the person who is in the home most of the day? Or is this a discussion where we've said, okay, let's decide who has the time to allocate to these household chores? So in our family, we've gone through all different waves with this. It was assumed by both of us that me being home in the beginning that I would also do the housework. But what we found is that it actually kept us both in a better frame of mind for one of us to go to work, then to come home and do a little bit of housework and keep it even this way. Because we know that stay-at-home parents, if 
they are not working at least a full-time job. It's been said to be two and a half full-time jobs, the stress that it puts on your body, your mind, and your emotions. If they're putting in this much work, then putting household chores on top of this is not what we need to be doing. And yes, especially for new mothers who are nursing, feeding, helping put to sleep a baby while they are healing. Again, my opinion, best to talk this through, right? With your partner, with the other parent or other caregiver. Now, how to decide how we allocate chores. So my favorite way to do this, and I'll kind of use this as a teammate or like a sports analogy again, is everybody has that one chore that they dread. For me, it's dishes. For my husband, it is vacuuming, sweeping the floors, anything on the floors. So when we moved in together before babies, we said, what is one chore you never want to have to do again? And what is one for me? And we took that off of the other person's plate and it's glorious. Okay, so we're going to start there. You're going to take that one thing that the other person really struggles with. If you have the same thing, you're going to take turns, right? That's pretty simple to compromise there. Now, after you've taken on the gift of doing this one thing that's really difficult for your partner, you are going to write down everything in your household that could be done by both of you. So that can be all of the chores, um, cleaning the bathroom, taking out the trash, paying bills, feeding the dog, taking the dog for a walk, things like this. And then you're also going to write down everything that you are already responsible for. So for a new mother that may be nursing, um, if you're bottle feeding, really good opportunity for your partner to take over some of these feedings. If you're nursing, really good opportunity for your partner to be doing some other chore at that time so that when you are both finished with your work, you're able to come together and have that open headspace and physical space in your day. So then you're gonna just divvy out the chores. You've taken a list of everything that you do and you're gonna pick them like you're picking the kickball team. So I say, okay, I get dusting. I think dusting's pretty easy. He says, great, I'm gonna walk the dog. I love going for a run in the morning anyway. And you divvy them up until they are completely doled out. You can put this on a piece of paper, like a chore chart. It sounds terribly lame and it kind of is, but for your relationship, it's going to help. So don't worry about what it looks like. You can hide it behind a door if you, if you really need to. And then with that workload, Every mother that I talk to that does stay at home and every father that I've talked to that stays at home, it's not so much that they are needing the extra help around the house, it's that they don't feel they're getting the acknowledgement for all the work that they're doing. So we think of this in the love languages. It's the difference between an act of service, having someone actually come in and help you with the dishes, and someone saying, I see that you did the dishes today on top of everything else you're doing. I really appreciate that. So tuning into what those love languages are, and I'll put a link for love languages if you're not familiar, but tuning into what your partner really needs in that time, it might not actually be the physical help, but just an acknowledgement of the work. So then the fourth one is depression, okay? we have to check in with one another. 
Also, if you check in with your partner and they say, I'm fine, this is a big red flag, right? We know this. Nobody's ever fine. It's super neutral. And if you are that neutral, it's most likely an apathy. So you are really feeling nothing, and that's not a good thing either. Now, I talked about a chore chart, which sounds goofy. I'm going to talk about a couple more things here that are going to sound very elementary, but are helpful. We have to get back to basics here, right? We have a relationship, a partnership, a teammate. And within this, there are those contracts and um, communication that needs to happen. And if you are avoiding this communication because you're not quite sure how to do it, then these tools are going to bring you, like I mentioned, back to basics and really help you navigate this new life that you have with a baby. So for depression, you're going to set check-in times with one another. You can actually set an alarm on your phone. Maybe just give the person a call at home or at work. How are you doing? Um, my husband and I actually use like a number system, which is something that he came up with. I want to make sure to give him the credit because he's very proud of this, that I would tend to get overwhelmed and would not ask for that help until I was way beyond being helped, basically. Um, and then it would kind of just all, all blow up and we'd have to diffuse and bring everybody's emotions back down to steady. So what we do now is check in throughout the day and we give each other a number. So, hey babe, how you feeling? Um, maybe he's feeling like a two, which is relatively calm. So we'll say one is completely calm, 10 is losing it. So he's a two, he's having a good day at work. I'm a four, kids are a little whiny, but we've got plans, we're moving through it. Okay, and then we check in throughout the day. And if those numbers are starting to rise, then it's, okay, I see your numbers going up. What kind of help do you need when I get home? How can I support you? Right? And this is going to always be different. We're going to have one partner who needs that support one day, and the next day or even later that afternoon, it's going, roles are going to switch. So it's being there for the person when you have the extra bandwidth to do so and knowing that they'll show up for you in that same instance. Now, I'm going to talk about another schedule here, and if we're referring to love languages, we're going to talk about the love language of physical touch. So scheduling sex is also not as lame as it sounds with a new baby. There's going to be a lot going on. Uh, you should absolutely first have the converse conversation if you are both ready to be physically intimate. If you are not, then we're gonna take this off the table for right now. But if you are both interested and feeling like there's not enough time or that when there is the time, you're both just very frustrated or very tired, then look through your schedule, see maybe this makes more sense in the morning or on my lunch break when the baby's napping, right? We figure out a time, this is a priority, we're gonna put it in our calendar. And then I wanna mention therapy, couples therapy, um, relationship therapy, that therapy is for the strong, it's for the committed. Um, this is for a couple who is seeing and acknowledging that a big change has occurred in their life. Bringing a new human into the world to care for is a whole new dimension in your relationship. Therapy 
for just one of you or for both of you together, I think is absolutely beneficial. Highly, highly recommend it. So as I mentioned in the notes, I'm going to refer you to this book that I've taken these four ideas from. So these are the four reasons you're going to fight, how you're going to overcome them. Sleep loss, social isolation, unequal workload, and depression. And at the end of the show notes, you'll also find that I've created a communication and conversation starter for you and your partner, both before and after the birth or welcoming of a child into your home. I hope it helps. I'm going to leave you with the three pieces of marriage advice I've gotten from three completely different places, but I've pieced them all together. I'm going to share them with you because I refer back to them all the time, and I think they're pretty all-encompassing. So there's three things. Number one, always be on the same team. It is not you against the other person. It is both of you against the problem. Number two, be generous with your expectations. Number three, your strengths are not your partner's weaknesses. Okay, think about that. Your strengths are not your partner's weaknesses. Happy partnering, happy new parenting. Talk to you next week. 